Welcome to this week's Simply Economics podcast with Mark Rogers. Mark is the senior U.S. economist for Econoday. Mark, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, Mark, this past week, most equity indexes were up slightly, although the Dow edged down below that psychologically important point of 14,000. What were some of the key movers? Well, the Dow did break a streak of five weekly gains. I'm not terribly concerned that it dipped slightly below that benchmark. The fundamentals are still good, but we had two key movements on a daily basis, uh, Monday and Tuesday. Monday was down notably with Tuesday showing, well, Monday had most major indexes dipping over 1%. That, you, know, you notice that. Tuesday, we had a rebound that recovered most of the decline Monday. And selling pressure for Monday primarily came from, well, don't want to say primarily yet, but came from a downward revision to the durable orders component of factory orders. Orders were still strong but it was a downward, downward revision. Also, there were renewed worries about the European debt crisis. But more importantly, the key driver behind the dip Monday was likely profit-taking from the strong gains the prior week. There were reports of significant insider trading on the sales side. So that was the key driver, basically profit-taking. Then on Tuesday, we did see a notable rebound. It was basically favorable earnings, and that you know that's what we hope for. Favorable earnings led stocks back up, and techs were on the forefront with Dell announcing a leveraged buyout. But basically, even though there was profit-taking Monday, the sentiment is you know, equities is the place to go. So once equities dipped a bit Monday. Others saw that as a time to buy on Tuesday. Well, Treasury yields were down this past week. What was behind that? First, the daily swings, and this has been a pattern for a while, the daily swings were at most moderate and typically even close to flat. There just has not been much volatility in recent weeks. For this past week, we did see moderate swings the first three trading days. The largest daily swing was Monday, and basically it's the back and forth between what traders see as value. Uh, the week before, the 10-year Treasury hit the 2% mark, and investors basically decided they wanted in on that. and. On Monday, they drove the, the yield on the 10-year down because they thought 2% was very attractive. Also, the decline in stocks sent some traders to safety, that is, treasuries. Tuesday, however, rates headed back up. There was news of improved conditions in Europe, notice, notably purchasing managers' indexes for manufacturing and services for the Eurozone overall and for Germany. Also in the U.S., the ISM non-manufacturing report was favorable and that helped lift stocks. At midweek, 
but rates eased somewhat as traders headed to safety ahead of Thursday's policy decisions by the European Central Bank and by the Bank of England. Oil prices broke a string of eight weekly gains, with Spot West Texas Intermediate crude dipping a dollar eighty-five a barrel to all the way down. I guess it seems low now to ninety-five dollars seventy-eight cents a barrel. What's going on there, and is that trend going to continue? Well, the biggest move was on Monday, about a buck and a half per barrel. Crude dropped on concerns about political uncertainty in Spain and Italy related to elections going on there and the, the potential impact on European sovereign debt. Also, what stood out were comments by U.S. Vice President Joe Biden related to Iran. There's Basically, there's a possibility of easing of tensions with Iran as the vice president offered to negotiate directly for the U.S. or for the U.S. to negotiate directly with Iran over its nuclear program. So that uh, basically soothed the markets a bit. We did get we did get a little upward movement Tuesday with the positive ISM non-manufacturing report and we're continually reminded it's not just the US it's overseas notably China we had a, a positive China services PMI hitting its highest level in four months which of course would indicate stronger demand for oil in Asia so basically um, the upward trend continues though temporarily we're still seeing a little downward pressure on Cushing prices. That's where West Texas Intermediate is actually priced. Uh, there's reduced capacity in the Seaway pipeline to the U.S. Gulf Coast, keeping supply a little high at Cushing. But with the improved economic indicators, despite the dip for the week, the trend is still slowly upward. The monthly trade gap, the U.S. monthly trade gap in December fell sharply uh, to $38.5 billion from $48.6 billion in November. Uh, this, was, this shrinkage was far more than expected. Uh, what happened? Well, the, the, the improvement in the trade gap was left both, led both by the petroleum balance and the goods excluding petroleum balance. The petroleum deficit narrowed to 18.7 billion from 23.4 billion in November. Goods excluding petroleum fell to 36.9 billion from 41.5. And then finally, we did see slight improvement in the services surplus. We do actually have a surplus in the services component. Exports were led by industrial supplies and civilian aircraft. So we have to remember, despite the problems that Boeing is having with its 787, uh, it's very important for exports. The drop in imports was led by crude oil and the automotive component. Uh, the crude oil component, that may have just been a timing issue where there are more imports the month before and the month after. The automotive dip was a temporary factor. Auto demand is quite strong. 
that will probably turn around next month. What was very interesting in terms of how businesses view consumer demand showed up in the consumer goods component of imports, there actually was a soft gain, which is somewhat surprising given that we saw this huge surge in imports related to iPhone sales in order to have the goods here for the sales to take place. There was a big spike in the trade deficit and it would not have been unusual to see a decline in that subcomponent for imports. So the fact that we had a, a modest gain, even though there was some coming off of the iPhone imports, strongly suggests that businesses still see consumer demand as reasonably healthy. We did see a dip in capital goods excluding autos, and that may have been done due to uncertainty over the fiscal cliff. That is, businesses waiting to see what happens before they continue to expand imports of capital equipment. Now, the International Trade Report is a lagging report in terms of timing for its release. Uh, here in Here it is early February, and we're getting only now December data. Now, what do the latest uh, trade numbers suggest? The international trade numbers for December fill in some key gaps in the GDP report for the fourth quarter. The advance report for GDP posted at a minus 0.1%, but we did not have the December numbers, which would go into the net exports component, which was notably weak. So what we're likely to see is a notable upward revision to fourth quarter GDP, thanks to the real numbers for international trade on a monthly basis. So most likely we're going to see fourth quarter GDP go back into the plus column that should have at least a modest psychological effect knowing that we, we did skip the negative quarter that we thought we had. Uh, the real trade deficit for goods posted at $44.1 billion in December compared to $51.8 billion in November and $46 billion in October. So that is a sharp improvement compared to what was assumed. And you know, this is good news for forward momentum from the fourth quarter heading into 2013. Well, you are not kidding. That would be a big psychological boost to know that uh, we were not negative uh, fourth quarter. Let's move on to productivity and um, uh, labor unit labor costs. Um, the report the last report I saw on labor productivity was surprisingly negative as annualized productivity dropped, I think, 2% in the fourth quarter, followed by a really nice gain in the prior quarter. Also, unit labor costs surged 4.5% following notable decline in the third quarter. Should businesses be worried about these numbers, and should the Fed be concerned that labor cost inflation is picking up? Those are excellent questions. And 
productivity, unit labor costs, that report is one of the reports where you have to take absolutely everything into context and probably go into a little bit of the technical detail. The quarterly numbers are not as meaningful. The latest quarterly number is not as meaningful as the trend. In fact, typically there are quirky things going on in the latest quarterly report, and that was especially the case with this latest report. The, the drop in productivity primarily reflected weakness in the output component, essentially mirroring what happened to fourth quarter GDP. The non-farm business output was up in annualized 0.1% after a sharp 4.7% boost the prior quarter. Hours worked picked up somewhat, adding to the decline in labor costs was a 2.4% boost in fourth quarter compensation. That was an acceleration from 0.8% in the third quarter. So overall, if you just look at the headline numbers, the fourth quarter productivity report was not pretty. But there were a number of special factors that lead me to discount really worrying about medium-term impact from those numbers. On the output side, which would include adding to inventories, there may have been some fiscal cliff uncertainty holding back output. And we're likely to see improvement in 2013. The unit labor cost number, which actually can be kind of scary if businesses are seeing a jump in cost, labor cost. And the Fed could be concerned that labor cost inflation is going to boost overall inflation. Could be. That's the emphasis. But if you remember in the personal income report that was out earlier, we had a sharp acceleration or moving forward in terms of compensation for dividends and even some wages and salaries components such as bonuses to try to beat the boost in taxes in January. That is for payroll taxes and higher income taxes for some income brackets. So it's really a temporary effect on unit labor costs and we're likely to see improvement both in productivity in the first quarter and in unit labor cost. So it's really not a concern for either businesses or for the Fed. And more than anything, the latest productivity report is one of interesting technical analysis of the detail. And when you look at the detail, you essentially shrug it off. Now, let's look ahead to the week to come. What stands out uh, this coming week as potential market movers? Clearly, the highlight is going to be the retail sales report. And the key reason is this is the first retail sales report posting after consumers were hit with higher payroll taxes. We need to see if consumers, you know, suck in their gut and just spend as they need and want 
and find ways to do it. Also, for the consumer sector, we have preliminary consumer sentiment out for February, and it'll likely indicate how consumers feel about not just the economy, but their personal finances, notably related to the payroll taxes and gasoline prices. Then we have industrial production posting during the week. Regional manufacturing surveys have been weak, but related national numbers have actually been somewhat on the strong side, such as for durables orders and the national ISM. And we get to see whether the recent improvement in manufacturing at the national level continues. And then finally, for interesting technical reasons, the December business inventories report is probably going to get a little more attention than usual. You usually don't see a lot of reaction to that report. But that was a key component in fourth quarter GDP, which was sluggish and pulled GDP down. And this will add another key figure for almost finalizing fourth quarter GDP. It'll be the second estimate. But the inventory component was one of the key components pulling GDP down. So it will get a little extra attention this week. Well, Mark, as always, this is really informative. Uh, I really appreciate it, and I'm sure the viewers do as well. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.